Hello and welcome to another episode of the Snack Break Podcast. I'm your host, John Schaefer, and on this episode of the show, I'm going to recap my first ever time at CSM. So the combined section meeting is basically the biggest physical therapy conference in the U.S., and it happens every single year at a different location. This year is in San Diego, and honestly, I was on the fence about going for a while. I originally thought I was going to go for sure, found out some of my co-residents weren't going, and then with about three weeks left, I decided, you know, this is probably the year to go. I get paid time off uh, through my hospital system, so I figured I might as well take advantage of it, pay my way, see a new city, and take it all in. So yeah, I decided three weeks ago, ended up going with a couple of my coworkers, and really glad I did because I had an awesome experience, uh, both in California for the first time, as well as within the convention, some of the programming. But I think above all else, I enjoyed hearing some of the different conversations that are going on within the world of PT, especially within different sections I thought was extremely interesting. Um, being able to network with all kinds of physical therapists who I've met on social media and seen before, um, but actually getting to talk to them in person and see that they're just as amazing as they are online, I think is pretty cool as well. Because really over the last couple of years, I spent a lot of time interacting with various profiles online and it's like, okay, you know, that's cool, but uh, I want to actually meet these people at some point. So I felt like I was finally able to do that um, and I'm very grateful. So I'll kind of walk you through my experience in San Diego, what my CSM looked like. We'll talk about highlights, lowlights, and everything in between. So my experience with CSM really started in booking my time in San Diego. So my coworkers, like I said, booked a little bit before me, so they ended up staying in a hostel downtown in what's called the Gas Lamp area. Um, basically, this area is very close to the convention center. It's like a half a mile walking distance, and the area is just flooded with bars. Super, super fun area, tons of restaurants. And so they were all set in their hostel. I, on the other hand, was panicking because I didn't know, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to find housing. Uh, if I was going to have to stay in an expensive hotel or if I'd be able to find something uh, a little bit more reasonable. So I ended up finding a hostel um, about a half a block away from, or not a half a block, probably two, three blocks away from where they were located. Um, but still, I was a little bit skeptical because it was a situation uh, where I wouldn't be able to stay in the same spot as them. So I was on my own a little bit. Um, and then my flight was on my own as well. But I ended up flying out for San Diego. My flight left at 5.30 in the morning, so I had to get to the airport at like 4. Um, ended up landing in Phoenix at about 9 o'clock. Had an hour flight to San Diego, and I got there well before uh, my coworkers. My coworkers plane, the one I was supposed to be on if I would have booked with them, ended up actually having multiple mechanical failures, and they had to. Uh, they were delayed quite a bit as well. So during this time... After I landed, I just kind of went to the hostel, started exploring a little bit, and I ended up meeting another PT who ended up totally transforming my CSM experience. Um, this guy was a PT from Pennsylvania, and we ended up chatting a little bit. He had recently gotten his OCS, so we talked a little bit about that, um, and then we kind of went our separate ways. I ran into him probably a half an hour later after I'd done a little bit of exploring, got my badge from the conference center, and then went back to the room. And I was just kind of walking around. They had like a little movie lounge. He was standing there again. So I said, yeah, you know, if you want to hang out with us today, me and my friends are going to go grab lunch soon. 
Um, and we ended up, honestly, we spent most of our time together over the course of the trip and really, really enjoyed it. He ended up renting a car and we were able to see a lot of uh, see a lot of San Diego that we probably wouldn't have otherwise. So things worked out in that regard. Um, friends finally got there and honestly, we ate our way all the way through the gas lamp. I think we, we got... Uh, we got authentic Mexican food. We were able to eat in Little Italy, which is like this Italian rest, this Italian uh, area of Italian restaurants. How about that? Um, and we were able to eat by the water. So really, no regrets in terms of the food. I feel like I was really able to experience everything. But in terms of the conference, um, I was very shocked to see so many PTs in one place. Like I knew it was going to be big, but I didn't really think that I'd be that overwhelmed. Um, but initially the first time you walk in, there's just students spread out everywhere. I think, um, that's something that did surprise me is like the student to PT ratio. I was expecting, I was expecting there'd be a lot more PTs, but I think in most of the lectures I went to, a lot of the speakers asked for a show of hands, like who's practicing, who's still a PT student. And in most of the lectures I felt like well over half were students. So that's just interesting because I feel like there's a totally different energy that the students bring as opposed to maybe what a practicing PT does. But, you know, it's good to have that, good to have that fresh energy around as well. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the talks I went to, you know, who I thought was interesting, what the best ones were, um, and maybe the ones that were a little bit more dry that I was expecting more out of. So the first chat I went to was on uh, Thursday morning, so we flew in on Wednesday. The programming didn't start till Thursday. The first one I went to was When Can I Start Running? A Multifaceted Approach to Return to Run Following Injury. And this was honestly probably one of my favorite talks. Coming into CSM, I initially thought that, yeah, you should probably stick to orthopedics, see what's going to directly affect your practice and that you can implement with your patient population. But I mean, I chatted with my boss a little bit and talked with other people who had previously been to CSM. And the consensus kind of was, yeah, I mean, go to, go to talks that are going to affect your patient population, but also use this as a time where you can explore different areas, um, different topics within different sections that you might not otherwise spend time learning about. So although my patient population is primarily orthopedic, um, a lot of maybe lower level, we'll say, I don't treat a ton of athletes um, outside of my cycling business. Um, but I was very interested in this talk. So the talk, most of the speakers for any of these talks, there's usually a panel of like four speakers. Everyone would speak for um, speak for about a half an hour or so. But they talked about <clears throat> they talked about return to run from a variety of aspects. Like they talked about return to run from ACL. They talked about returning to run if you're postpartum. Um, they talked. about they talked a lot about, they talked about youth runners and they also talked about like using biomechanics um, to go through a basic evaluation. <clears throat> and I will say the, the guy who stole the show from this uh, speech was definitely Jason Tuori. Um, really, really enjoyed his presentation style, incorporated a lot of memes throughout the presentation and just he was able to breathe life into the presentation where I felt like uh, was extremely captivating. And that's something I enjoyed as well, just about CSM as a whole. I was able to see a lot of different speaking approaches, a lot of different teaching approaches, 
And it was very clear that if the presentation had a great speaker, it made all the difference in the world. Whereas if maybe it was a little bit of a drier speaker, you'd get to that maybe hour 15, hour and a half mark, and people would be heading for the exits, which I thought was amazing because, I mean, even if the topic was something that all these people were interested in, if the speaker was not able to deliver, these people would head out and not, um, not stick around. So got a lot out of this running talk, really enjoyed it, kind of set the tone for the rest of the conference. Um, the rest of Thursday, I tried to sprinkle in a couple other topics that were maybe a little bit more applicable to my population. Um, so the next one I went to was thinking beyond dermatomes and myotomes, differential diagnoses, uh, and management of patients with lower extremity symptoms. So with this talk, one of the things I'm struggling with the most or have struggled with in the past is the neuro exam and identifying things such as like is something nerve root, is the peripheral nerve, looking at if something's a radiculopathy versus adverse neural tension. And this is something I spent a lot of time trying to learn myself. Uh, so I figured that it'd be helpful to have reinforcement from somewhere, someone else. So this talk was actually over in the Hilton Bayfront. So they had a lot of speeches, a lot of uh, sessions within the San Diego Convention Center, but they also had additional talks over at the Hilton. So this is my first one at the Hilton. And this was put on uh, by Clinical Electrophysiology and Wound Management section, which I maybe, I don't, I don't know, maybe I should have paid a little bit more attention to this because I walked in, and first of all, I showed up to this session, I think 20 or 25 minutes late. Uh, we were going to get a little bit of a snack in between the first and second sessions. We went to this place called Tiger Cafe. And I don't know if they forgot our order or what, but we ended up waiting probably 45 minutes for a bagel. Um, so that was a little bit of a bummer. It was a good bagel, but I ended up showing up to the session late anyways. So I walk in this session and it, it just seemed like extremely, extremely serious compared to the first talk that I went to. So I kind of snuck in the side door and I was looking around. There was not a single... There's not a single seat available, so I'm sitting on the floor, and I realize quickly that I can't even see the screen. But luckily for me, as I mentioned earlier, some of the speakers were a little bit drier, and as soon as they switched speakers, this guy starts talking, and people started heading for the exits. So I was able to snag a spot. Um, it was it was a very it was a very interesting talk in that they t they would go case by case, cases that they have seen, cases they have dealt with. Um, and then they would go through clinical presentation as well as the EMG findings. And then they would talk about what it means and the report that they would send to the doctors. So I don't have a lot of experience with EMG. I honestly, I don't know a whole lot about how it's used clinically. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, I'm not sure. I guess I'm not sure how much this, how much it's really used in practice widely and so it's a very interesting perspective to get because I don't think that I necessarily have been exposed to this or would be exposed to this otherwise. Um, so I enjoyed it from that aspect. The, the presenters were actually some of my co-residents, uh, faculty from PT school, so that was interesting as well. Um, but I felt like I was able to take a little bit from it. It was interesting to see the different, the different presentations and how you can go about 
um, performing different neuro exams outside of dermatomes and myotomes. So just kind of taking things one step further. And a lot of what I realized is it comes down to you have to have a great understanding of what muscles are innervated by what nerve roots, but also what nerve root levels. So then if multiple multiple muscles are innervated by the same nerve root and you see that there's weakness in both, then you can you can say with an increased amount of certainty that it's likely a nerve root issue um, as opposed to if both those muscles, one of them's weak and the other's strong, then you'd want to start looking at more peripheral nerves. So that's kind of the big takeaway, but you can go a lot deeper once you start looking with EMGs. And then the next session I had that day was, I was in between two. So I was in between mentoring smarter, not harder. Just talked a lot about mentorship because um, I'm going to be taking a student here in July. Then the other one was the social media dilemma, adapt and engage or get left behind. And I ended up deciding to go with the social media talk. I spent a lot of time on social media um, within my business and within the student education that I do. So I figured it would be probably a little bit more useful or applicable to me right now to make sure that I'm getting this content. Um, So this was... This talk was put on by uh, Jason Spencer Vaggy, Julia, Julia W. Weeby, uh, Carmen Cofield, and then Michael Jason Lau. So a lot of a lot of big names within a rehab are people who have done a lot in terms of online um, coaching. So we have uh, Mike's from the Prehab Guys. Uh, Jared is the climbing doctor, and then the other speakers um, do a lot of do a lot of coaching. But what stood out to me the most from this talk was just how much work goes in on the back end in terms of social media. So a lot of times you just see the final product with people who are very active on social media and there's so many different systems. There's so many different people behind the teams that are putting out this content. So once we got to the very end of this chat and all of a sudden we're talking about a team of 15, 20 people who are spending you know, tens of thousands of dollars on advertisements who are cranking out like 60 pieces of content a week across a variety of platforms and all of it looks flawless. I mean, holy smokes. I left this talk and I, I just felt, I felt extremely overwhelmed and I guess mind blown because I, I, you know, I realized that all these people have been extremely successful in the things they put out, um, are just of a great, great quality. And they're able to, you know, get their message out how they want and they're able to impact the people that they want. But you just don't really think about what goes into that behind the scenes. I mean, I know a little bit about that just through all the work that I've put in. Um, But leaving that meeting, I was like, (laughs) the people in this group are on a completely another level. But I think it's also important to recognize that a lot of times what it comes down to is just putting in the work, being consistent, and knowing that if you want to be involved in social media, you are really playing the long game. Things aren't always going to work out initially, um, but if you continue to put your message out there, try and reach people, interact with those um, within your niche, you have a much greater chance of being successful, but not many people even give it that chance. A lot of people bail as soon as things aren't going well. So that was kind of my big takeaway from this talk. Like I said, is a little bit overwhelming um, when you start to hear the stories of how 
these people who've had success in social media um, actually made it that far. And a lot of them will say, you know, if you want to try social media, give it at least 18 months before you give up because there's, you know, that's how long it's going to take to start to gain any kind of momentum. So be patient with yourself, give yourself time and recognize that <clears throat> recognize that you're in it for the long haul a little bit. So that that wraps up Thursday. Um, Thursday was a lot of fun. Thursday night, we ended up, what did we end up doing? I think we took a ferry to a place called Coronado Island. It's kind of right across from the convention center. And we wanted to go to Sunset Cliffs. Yeah, Sunset Cliffs. Um, and so we took the ferry over and we started walking towards the beach and we didn't recognize that this was the beach was so far away from when the ferry dropped us we were walking for probably 10-15 minutes and then we are like oh god the sun's going to set on us if we're not quick so we just ended up calling an Uber um, we got to the beach, watched the sunset and then came back and had some dinner uh, and then of course went out <laughs> that was one of the big things within the area we stayed there were so many bars Thursday they didn't necessarily have a lot of happy hours but Friday there were happy hours galore, and a lot of it had to do with um, travel recruiters who were out. Um, different like test prep companies had happy hours, um, and everything for the most part was paid for. So I don't think I paid for a drink on Friday. Uh, a lot of a lot of open bars, which is cool, and then just again meeting meeting a lot of uh, a lot of people I've interacted with so much online. So I'll talk. I'm going to talk through the Friday lectures, and then I'll talk you through my happy hour run. But so Friday morning, I went to current concepts uh, in the treatment of tendon pathology. So that was kind of cool. I I didn't really pay a ton of attention to. I didn't pick my talks based off speakers. So when certain speakers showed up, I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." So Kevin Wilk was one of the speakers here. Um, I've seen his work. I've seen his protocols. So that was very interesting to actually hear him speak. Very very talented speaker. And before I even went to. Before I went to this talk, I'll backtrack for just a minute. Um, I went to the special interest groups for residencies and fellowships with my boss. And that was interesting just to see like what kinds of conversations are being had about residencies and fellowships. What kind of issues are they currently working, what, working through or dealing with? Because I think a lot of times at the surface, um, I don't know, it seems to me like things are going smoothly across the board. Like I'm sure everyone has their issues, every group has their issues, but actually being there and listening to, you know, what concerns were brought up um, and that people are looking to change certain aspects and then the why behind, you know, why people are happy or aren't happy, I thought was very interesting as well. Um, so yeah, we'll get back to the tendon talk. Again, this is a little bit more uh, sports focused. And then they just went through like evidence-based uh, medicine practices surrounding tendons. And something I realized here, something that made me feel grateful is I realized that a lot of what I'm learning in residency is aligning very well with what I learned at CSM. So some of it was review and just kind of reassuring that, yeah, I am learning the latest in evidence. So that was kind of cool. I did not take I did not take a break in between the 8 and 10 and then 11 and 1 talk this time. I want to make sure I was there. Uh, on time. So the next talk I went to was my first talk within the private practice section. This was how to maintain quality as your practice grows. And so this talk was interesting because it was a lot of private practice owners were there. Um, a lot of them maybe had one clinic, maybe two clinics, uh, maybe an employee or two, but were looking to expand. 
So the the woman who gave this talk uh, had <clears throat> previously owned a pediatrics clinic, and she ended up expanding to like 32 different locations, having over 1,100 staff members um, in multiple states, um, school contracts. And so it was, I don't know, it was interesting to hear her story and hear, you know, what kinds of things are important to pay attention to as you scale. Um, and a lot of what she talked about was having different checklists, having different quality, um, having different quality checklists to make sure that, you know, across the board, everyone is maintaining a certain level of quality, like a pretty high standard. Um, so we talked a lot about defining quality, what that means, what that doesn't mean. And as long as you have those definitions, as long as you have, um, have what you value and what your company stands for, things like that, down on paper, everyone knows what you're trying to work towards, then you'll have a lot better chance of being successful and maintaining that quality as your practice grows, as opposed to maybe not paying attention to <clears throat> all those little details. So that, it was okay. I think I got, I got to about an hour and hour and maybe 15 minutes and then I ended up bailing as well. Um, I was having a hard time connecting with the speaker and then I also, there was a lot of talk about working with various insurances and as well as working, doing a lot of marketing towards docs and like what kind of issues people are having with marketing. And I, my personal perspective is that moving forward, we're gonna see a move away from insurance. I don't work with insurance right now, um, either at work or, or also through my cycling business. Um, so I was having a hard time relating at that point because I don't see myself in the future working a whole lot with insurance. Um, so I got up, I left, and I started to explore the exhibit centers. So the convention center has all the different sessions going on. And then from, I think it was nine to four each day, they've got the exhibit hall where they have all kinds of different vendors with a lot of different medical devices, um, different tables set up with recruiters for various jobs. And it was a very interesting experience. So I got down, I started walking around and I would group things into a couple different categories. One would be the passive modalities. So everywhere I looked, there were like different stimulation devices, different pain creams, um, different maybe massage tools or massage devices, compression sleeves. There was something for everything. Things you wouldn't, things you wouldn't even think of, things you would never in a million years think that you might need. And the question that kept on going through my head is like, okay, like how much of this is evidence-based? Because a lot of it seemed really far-fetched. Um, and I think, I don't know, that was just kind of shocking for me. And then the next category I would say would be the tech. So the tech is what, the tech is kind of what I sought out. I was like, the tech is the tech. It's not gonna try. It's not gonna try and sell me one way or another. I'm just gonna try and evaluate it for what it is. Maybe see some cool stuff. So a lot of motion capture devices. I feel like that was the big trend. A lot of um, 
a lot of running analysis technology. So some are like vests that would measure your biomechanics. Um, some of them are cameras, video capture, and then uh, dynamometers were also also out in full force. And I felt like a variety of companies were representing them. So that was kind of cool to see. Price points still fairly high um, for most, but they do they also did have a few lower cost options um, that it were good to see because I think that in order for us to adopt them as a profession and have most clinics leaning more towards that, um, uh, more towards a, like a data-driven approach, we're going to need to drop the cost of dynamometers. So I walked around and then the last group would be the recruiters. So when it comes to the recruiters, it's, it's always a challenge um, when talking to recruiters, especially at a job fair. It doesn't matter if it's PT. It doesn't matter if it's a different profession because people at a job fair representing a company um, oftentimes get a commission and then they oftentimes also are very good at selling their company so you just have to be a little bit weary especially when people start like talking about sign-on bonuses and um and things like that you just have you have to know like what's what kinds of questions ask and when to be skeptical regarding talking to any kind of recruiter so that's not necessarily unique to pt and that's not necessarily unique to um interacting with vendors at a job fair but just something to be mindful of and so i I networked with a couple travel companies because that's something that interests me. But outside of that, I did not do a whole lot of networking with um, any of the chains. I, I would always try and grab a card at each booth. That's kind of how I'd close out a conversation. I'd say, oh, thank you. Do you have a card? And then I would grab it and walk away regardless of um, maybe if it was something I was super interested in or something that I was not as much interested in. Um, and then they had the posters. The posters were cool. I was able to see... Uh, some of my faculty, some of my, um, some clinicians I knew all presenting. So the posters were kind of cool to walk around. They were all broken up by the, by the sections. So there was like ortho posters, neuro posters, <clears throat> you name it, there was a poster for it. So I, I personally didn't spend a ton of time in the exhibit hall. I walked around and feel like I got, <clears throat> feel like I got the gist of it for the most part, um, and then I moved on to my last talk of Friday was do we know our own strength? The panel discussing a panel discussion of exercise dosing and physical therapy. So this was this was interesting. They had various speakers break down the different components of dosing for exercise. They had the aerobic component. They had strength training. Um, they talked about incorporating balance, gait, flexibility. And then they'd also talk about this across the lifespan. So again, four different speakers, each bringing a different or unique perspective. Everyone talking about whether or not we have issues with dosing and physical therapy. So this talk, this talk maybe got a little bit contentious at points um, because I think a lot of PTs are sensitive to this topic. Um, we don't want to think that we underdose. Um, a, a lot of us maybe get a little bit uh, defensive in terms of, okay, I definitely am dosing my patients appropriate. Well, not always, and I think it's healthy to question whether or not you're dosing appropriately. Just a healthy amount of skepticism, I'd say, is, uh, is a good route to go. Um, but with this chat, there were a lot of clinical examples as well. So not only saying, okay, yes, we have a problem, 
Um, but talking about like how can we address it? What sorts of things can we do to move through this problem? And it ended with a panel discussion. And I thought one of the most interesting pieces, not only in this chat, but throughout the entire conference was listening to uh, listening to faculty of PT programs talk about, hey, I'm teaching this course or I'm redesigning this course and I'm wondering like what sorts of things should I include? What are we missing if you could only pick a few things? So I thought I thought that was pretty reassuring or giving hope to a lot of the students coming up knowing that you've got people out there who are really trying to do their best job to make sure that you're getting an up-to-date approach evidence-based approach that's going to set you up for success because I think a lot of times what the concern is especially when it comes to dosing is PT students are learning a lot of their exercise um, courses just through their clinical rotation so if you have a clinical instructor who maybe doesn't do a good job dosing who isn't super creative with exercises or isn't mixing things up using a more cookie cutter approach that's what leads to an issue for a student down the line. You have to be exposed to, you have to be exposed to these ideas, expose these concepts over and over again in order to be successful and be able to use them and implement them with your own patients. So that was kind of my big takeaway. Uh, big takeaway from that talk. And then, like I said, it split open into a panel um, that, <laughs> that chatted for quite a while too, which was interesting to kind of listen to and see where everyone stood. Um, on both sides of the aisle in terms of are we overdosing, underdosing, dosing appropriately, and so on and so forth. So the rest of Friday, that's kind of when I would say most people went out. And there were just so many different happy hour options within uh, both the convention center as well as nearby restaurants, nearby breweries, uh, within the gas lamp area. So it was really fun. I mean, I think we went to five total. We went to... Oh gosh, we went to an alumni event, we went to the Hard Rock Cafe, the PT Final Frontier alumni happy hour, that was fun. I didn't go to, uh, or I didn't do PT Final Frontier, but some of my friends did. But they had all kinds of cool hors d'oeuvres, churros, um, <laughs> churros I say the first thing, uh, spring rolls, different cheeses, and then they had an open bar. Um, and then after that, I went to the Level Up Initiative, which is a Facebook, or not Facebook group, Instagram group um, to improve musculoskeletal care. So I met a lot of people through the Level Up Initiative. They've got like, a mentorship course. So it's kind of cool to see those people in person. So that's kind of when I felt like I was finally starting to meet some of these PTs and PT students I was interacting with online. Um, so that was, that was really awesome. And then after that, I got a... I got an email short earlier that day uh, from Aaron LeBauer talking about having a happy hour for, uh, it was called the Cash PT Happy Hour. So I've talked to Aaron in the past, I had him on the podcast, so I was interested in finally meeting him in person. Um, so we went to a rooftop bar, I met Aaron, I met Brandon Smith, um, and a lot of other people within that circle. So it was just interesting to talk to them, see the conversations they were having. And the biggest biggest takeaway from that was listening to how they work with their coaching clients, talking a lot about consistency. One thing that stood out was Brandon was saying with a lot of his clients, tells them if they can be consistent for 90 days, 
that's really that's the baseline, the base level commitment that you need to be successful in any kind of a business, online or not. Um, because I said it earlier in the podcast, but so many people will start different things, like social media, for instance, we talked about earlier. How many people are going to commit to posting for 90 days? Not many. A lot of people are going to post for maybe a week, maybe two weeks, and then burn out because they're not gaining the traction that they thought they initially would. So this idea of being in it for the long game, I think, is something that really stood out and resonated with me. And then we went to a couple other ones, and then we ended up at Moonshine Flats, which was kind of... I don't know, it was almost like a country club bar type thing. So I had a, had a couple more drinks there and then ended up uh, calling it a night. <clears throat> and then the next day, so Saturday is the final day of CSM session-wise. <laughs> Let's just say Saturday morning, based on what you heard about uh, based on what you heard about Friday night, I don't think it's any surprise that the programming was a little bit light in terms of audience on Saturday. But the 8 o'clock I went to was uh, titled Going the Distance, Endurance Sport Considerations for Special Populations. <clears throat> and this talk was honestly my dark horse of the entire conference. Uh, it talked a lot about running, cycling, swimming, and then ca- cross-country skiers. I wasn't expecting to see any cycling this weekend, so I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, the speaker who spoke about cycling is Eric uh, Eric Moan, and he is uh, he's the founder of BikePT.com. He talked a lot about just like basic considerations for cyclists or for PTs treating cyclists. And I had asked him after the presentation. I said, "Hey, I'm starting to work with cyclists. You mentioned that a lot of times um, cyclists will work with other PTs." for maybe six or eight sessions, not see a lot of progress, and all of a sudden they'll come to you, you'll fix them in one or two sessions by just making an adjustment to their bike. So should I spend all my time learning about bike fit? Should I learn about understanding cyclists? You know, where's the best use of my time? And he kind of said, you know, try and, try and learn it all. You'll probably take a course at some point in terms of bike fit, but just try and learn and understand cyclists because you're a cyclist yourself, you understand the sport. Um, Get to know some cyclists and start working with them. See what's working, see what's not. Having the interest is probably one of the most important factors early on. <clears throat> I DM'd him. I thanked him for everything afterwards. Uh, and then he, get, he said something like, just get after it. I'm looking to retire soon. So I thought that was kind of cool of him. The next talk I went to was 11 a.m. on Saturday. I went to uh, PRP, BMAC, MSCs, and beyond, translating New Frontier Orthobiologics. So that talked a lot about regenerative medicine and kind of where we're at right now. The consensus seemed to be that in most cases it can be a nice adjunct treatment, but it's not oftentimes going to be the one factor. It's going to change everything, and it's oftentimes expensive beyond what it might be worth at this time. So if you can find a good deal for it, it's a situation where it's not necessarily going to make anything worse, but how much will it actually help you improve or remains to be seen. And then there's also um, a lot of talk about specific rehab considerations for patients who are you know, undergoing these injections or treatments to make sure that they are getting the most out of their recovery as opposed to just having the, having the injection, having the treatment, and then not doing anything about it. <clears throat> or taking a passive approach to healing. 
So that was really the end of my programming for CSM. And after that, um, the guy I mentioned earlier who I met in the hostel ended up renting a car and I was like, oh, okay, like maybe we'll actually be able to see more of San Diego now. Um, but I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll all pitch in for some gas. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. Uh, the car's actually electric. And then we pulled up and it was like a 2022 Tesla. So that was really fun to ride around, see all of California. We went to a lot of surrounding cities and ended up actually hiking through La Mesa on uh, Sunday morning. So overall, really, really awesome trip. Um, <laughs> spent some time swimming in the ocean as well, the polar plunge Sunday morning. So I feel like... I, going into CSM, I was expecting it to be, you know, very educational, learn a lot, experience a new area, go out a couple times. But I would say that my experience was definitely, or my expectations were definitely exceeded. Um, like I said, just being able to connect with so many different PTs, so many people I've met online, actually get to know them, have a conversation in person, uh, as well as, you know, meet other PTs I haven't met before. <clears throat> and see a lot of different perspectives, see what conversations are happening within the field and really get kind of a peek into, um, into how many cool things are going on and how many awesome individuals there are. Like I said, favorite speaker was Jason Torrey. I've listened to a couple of his podcasts since then. I've reached out to him. Um, and the bike PT, Eric Moen, like all these people i probably wouldn't have interacted with, probably wouldn't have sought out additional information about had I not been at this conference. So extremely grateful to have had the opportunity to go. And, you know, I think I, I learned a lot <clears throat> beyond attending the conference in person. I believe there's a option for virtual replays that you can purchase. So I'd recommend maybe looking to that if there's a couple of talks that you're more interested in learning about. And then I highly recommend going to CSM at least once if you have the chance, if you're able to take the time off or have your work pay for it, you know, get those CEUs all in one place, see a new area and connect with different people. So I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show and have an awesome rest of your week. As always, we will see you on the next one.